0: would go with me to Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 37. Since I've been reading it for days out of my Bible, I, uh, I want to read it out of the New King James Version this morning. They may follow along in the New Living, but that's, that's okay too. Disclaimer, preface anything I'm about to share from the Scriptures. This is about the heart Of Oaks Church first first topic first conversation we're gonna have three of them today right now this passage is about the heart of Oaks Church no matter who is leading it amen I was a part of God creating that heart here and I know I am able to speak on this topic excellently it's my heart It's the heart of God for this church. There's nothing in here that means anything else to anybody else other than the heart of God being in Oaks Church, amen? If I was gonna put a a title to this little talk here, I would say it's these three words. The robbers in our lives the religious in our lives and the rebels in our lives and these aren't people these are the robbers in you the robbers around you these aren't these aren't religious people around you this is you struggling growing in your own faith with your religion this is about all of us that love being rebels in the south old miss rebels west monroe rebels we all want to be rebels we all want to go against the flow go against the stream stick out stand up be radical for god be radical for jesus right i'm going to talk about the rebel in you today the rebel in me today here's what the text says one day an expert in religious law dexter (laughs) I know that guy wishes that said an expert with the heart of God don't say that it says an expert with religion law so he was an expert but it wasn't at or with the heart of God it was about a religious system of law he stood up and to test Jesus he called him out in public and he asked him this question teacher what should I do to inherit eternal life isn't that what we all want to know how do I spend my eternity with God is it as simple as repeating some cotton candy five statement prayer is there more to it is there more demanded is there more called for Jesus replied okay since you're an expert in the religion and law what did Moses say to do have you read it some translations say what is your understanding of it I love that translation because it's not enough to know the law it's not enough to read the law what's most importantly is how do you interpret the law amen the man answered here's what the commandment says love the Lord your God with all your heart your soul your mind your will your emotions your strength and then love your neighbor as yourself Jesus said, ah, you got it right, star pupil. Jesus said, if you could only go and do this, you would live. Don't you know that guy was offended? (laughs) I'm an expert, Bobby, at religion and law. I just gave you the right answer, and you replied to me, if I could be and do the very thing that I claim to be an expert in, then I could actually live. He, He really just shut him down of thinking that he really wasn't what he thought he was he goes on to say the man wanting to justify himself because of the question he had asked and kind of got showed up he asked Jesus well then who is my neighbor who is my neighbor who's your neighbor who's your neighbor Cain Abel story tell it the best um am I my brother's keeper The man wanting to justify himself said, Okay, who is my neighbor? To the Jew, only the Jew was their neighbor. If you thought like me, walked like me, talked like me, worshiped like me, believed like me, gave like me, you were my neighbor. We think racism in America has been a problem, which it has. One of the biggest black eyes in our nation's history. We went through it. We learned from it. We've grown from it. And society's moving away from it. All men are created equal. They are all created in the image of God. But I want you to know the stigma of racism that we've dealt with in our lifetimes is nothing compared to how Jewish people treated Gentiles. Jesus was flipping the script here. He he was saying, I know you only love those that love you. You only agree with those that live like you. You only support those who worship like you. But I'm expanding the interpretation of your neighbor to be everyone unlike you. Jesus replied, I want to tell you a story. I love stories. A Jewish man, very important, was traveling down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now you may not know a lot about the Old Testament and I don't want to get too deep into this today, but in order to go from Jerusalem to Jericho, it is a downward descent in hundreds of feet of elevation. It was actually referred to in Jesus's day as the robbers road, the robbers road. They would catch people traveling along that road and beat them, rob them, take their goods. It was a dangerous like America before the West had been settled in a sense Jerusalem is a blessed place Jericho is a cursed place in all of the Old Testament here's the picture Jesus is trying to get us to see this is a child of God a Jewish man Richard he's been in a blessed place and he's traveled down a road to a cursed place and while he's on that road he encounters three different types of people robbers religious and rebels They stripped him of all of his clothes. I woke up on the side of the road Thursday afternoon, only to find out my favorite Lululemon pants were being cut off of me. I said, "These are Lulu. These are my favorite slacks." Do not. They said, "Sir, there's no back end in these pants, anyways." <laughs> they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him. They left him half dead on the side of the road. You know, I was a part of something like that when I was a young man. It's. Not a good feeling to wake up to the next morning. Then just by happenstance chanced, a priest, a priest of God. You know, the Bible says that we as New Testament Christians are what? Kings and priests unto our God. The reason people have the title priest in the Old Testament is that gives them access to what? What, Aubrey? The presence of God. The temple. No one else was allowed to serve in the presence of God, the house of God, unless you were a priest of God. So this is a man traveling the robber's road. Some theologians have said he was on his way to take his rotation in the house of God, to go perform his service to God. And he sees a Samaritan, an outcast, no, he sees a Jewish man, his brother laying naked, stripped, and beaten on the side of the road. And when he saw him laying there, he conveniently took six steps to the right, moved to the other side of the road to stay clear of this man's mess, and passed right on by. I don't know if the Jewish man laying in the ditch naked and beaten was conscious but I, I could imagine if he was conscious when he saw the priest coming he probably had some hope he was like ah there's a man of God I know he'll help me and don't you know he was just deflated when this man of God let him down then after the priest passed by a temple assistant another young man that ministered in the synagogue probably an expert of the law may have been going to lecture in Jerusalem himself saw the same scenario he did the same thing took six steps to the right I've got to conveniently miss your mess and he passed by on the other side of the road and then all of a sudden a despised Samaritan the people that the Jews in New Testament era had the biggest conflict with even jesus refers to this group of people as dogs it's not right to take israel's bread and feed it to the dogs the gentiles he wasn't being demeaning or cutting he was clarifying what the social setting of the day was what i'm trying to get you to see if there was one person on the robber's road that day that should have never cared should have never got involved should have never helped should have never done it It was this guy he is the guy that should have just scooted on over and passed on by you know this story is the story of the Good Samaritan I know it as robbers religious and rebels when this religious man no when this Samaritan man Gentile outcast not in the house of God despised by the Jews saw this man i want you to underline this word he saw with his eyes and the first thing that happened to him is he got emotionally involved he got emotionally involved you know they say during the war in afghanistan that the troops were so tight-knit because there were so few of them there their bonds were so strong that when one of them would be injured, they had to have special training for the medics to no longer look their brothers or sisters in the eye once they were wounded to give them medical care. Because they felt as if, if their heart connected with them, they would make mistakes, be careless, and they too could be injured. Stay cold, stay callous, stay disconnected as a self-preservation tool. This Samaritan obviously didn't take that class. He saw this broken beat strip. He saw somebody in need. And the first thing he felt was compassion. Where where does that statement sound familiar for you that read the Bible? How how many times is that statement in the New Testament? Several, right? Where's it mentioned? When Jesus would see somebody in a bad way and it would say, and he felt compassion. Compassion is a what? It's a what? Say it. Say say it again. It's an emotion. It's an emotion. Emotions are good, but emotions can't get out of control. He saw him, he had compassion, and he goes over to the Samaritan, and he begins soothing his wounds with olive oil and wine. He also after administering this medicinal medicine began to bandage him up and then he put him on his own donkey and he took him to an inn where he took care of him after several days he then went to the innkeeper and he said look i've got to go be about my business now i've done everything i can do for this poor man here's the payment for his bill and if he has to stay longer I will assume that debt too, I will come again and pay you for it. Jesus then turns back, you forgot we were in a story, to the religious man testing him about who is his neighbor and he says, now which of these three would you say has truly been a neighbor to the man that was attacked by bandits and robbers? The man replied, that's easy, the one that showed mercy one that showed mercy then jesus said this is how you have eternal life go and do likewise there's two nuggets out of this passage that i want you to remember today jesus said that everyone around you is your neighbor they do not have to look like you they do not have to believe like you They don't have to drive the same vehicle as you. They don't have to live in your neighborhood. They don't have to have your zip code. They don't have to play your hobbies. They don't have have to vote like you on election day. I never talk about politics or Washington, but let me say this. I'm not sure if we all voted the same, wouldn't that be nice? Everybody vote the same. I'm not sure it'd fix anything because what we're all looking for doesn't come from a man. It's coming in the new kingdom of God. The second thing Jesus said here, besides expand your mind, don't just love them like you, don't just be cool with them you're cool with. I want you to know everybody, everybody is your neighbor, and how you have eternal life is you show them mercy. You go and do likewise. Be kind to people. Be generous to people. Be loving to people. Be helpful to people shouldn't that be our aspiration do you believe that today again what am i talking about what am i talking about what am i talking about the heart of oaks church i can speak to that today i am a part of that heart today i have that heart today preach truth yes always give grace who's welcome here everybody's welcome here we'll accept anybody won't affirm everything But everybody's welcome to come and get in the presence of God and experience a change The heart of Oaks Church should be you are my neighbor And my commandment from God is to do what this man did in your life Yeah, but James, yeah, but Titus, yeah, but Revelation, yeah, but Judges, listen to me, it's in red He said the same message, all four Gospels, over and over and over and he said it in different ways love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your strength and then love your neighbor which is now everybody as yourself jesus also said in a different passage he said this sums up all of all you don't have to do the i did this i did this i did that i don't do this i don't do this that's a terrible way to live if you serve god in that way with a list of rules a list of do's and don'ts i just challenge you today to take the commandments of the old covenant and lay them right next to on a blank piece of paper the promises of god of the new covenant in the old testament you will see it all depended on you and your ability to do or to do not paul says the reason it was given to show you you can't do and do not to bring you to your knees so that you would turn to the new covenant and all of the new covenant says this i will i will I will forgive you. I will write my commands in your hearts. I will lead you. I will give you eternal life It moves from your ability to God's ability Don't use checklist Christianity It's a terrible way to live Use spirit-filled Christianity where the commandments of God are written in your heart The Spirit of God is in you and on you compelling you and leading you to do the things that you do and they show Okay, let's just talk about it holy spirit and its evidence in our lives some would say oh well it's if you haven't spoken in tongues there's no listen to me man from cover to cover the bible says love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness temperance self-control all of these are the attributes they're the fruit of the holy spirit and you can't produce them on your own i can't produce them on my own i can't fake my love long enough to convince you i love you Eventually you'll see it, but if the Holy Spirit is the generator making that stir up and pour out of you People will see love from you They'll see God in you Again, i'm talking about the heart of oaks church to this community for one another Pastor chad, thank you. Would you give him a hand this morning? Verse 30, talking point number one, I want to talk about robbers, robbers. Anybody ever been arrested for robbery in here? Just don't raise your hand. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's why I love Oaks Church. Me too. (laughs) Seven arm robbers. (laughs) Like 12 hands went up. Okay, bad question. I'm not talking about you being a robber. I'm talking about the things that rob you. James tells us, all of us as Christians, that there are three things that are our enemy in this world. The world, our flesh, and the devil. We have enemies as Christians. We we have robbers. If you want to just use a one word, fill in the blank for everything I'm about to talk about, sin is the greatest robber in all of our lives. I know it is in mine. When I say sin, I want you to open your mind from do's and don'ts. Oh, that's a sin. This is not a sin. That's a sin. Open your mind to understand that sin covers both sins of omission and sins of commission. There are sins that we commit. And then there are things we just simply don't want off of the gospel buffet from Jesus, so we never do them. Has anybody in here ever lent money to someone that was not your friend and never asked for it back? <laughs> Has anybody ever lent significant money to somebody that's not your friend and you never asked for it back? That is one of those heart of God Teachings from Jesus in the New Testament. Don't give to people, charge them interest just to get it back and say they're your friend. He said, even the world does that, the banks do that. You're not being a friend, you're just being average. He says, if you really want to do something special, Shaw the hold of God, give somebody something that you don't want any interest for, and you don't even want it back, and you know you don't even like me, and I don't like you. It's just the God in me that makes me bless you. <laughs> so for those of us that haven't done that lately that's the sin of omission open your mind that we can commit sin and we can omit sin the person that commits sin is no different than the person that omits sin to god they are both guilty and their atonement was paid for eternally at the cross of jesus from cradle to grave all blood bought by the precious sinless blood of jesus want to talk about the robbers in our lives this Jewish man traveling down from a blessed season from a blessed place down to a cursed place he's traveling a hard road he's he's traveling a dangerous road while he's on this road he gets attacked by bandits and they do what robbers do what bandits do they strip you that's what that sin will do in your life strip you that's what sin will do in my life strip me they beat him that's what sin will do in your life it will beat you it will take you further than you wanted to go keep you longer than you were willing to stay and make you pay more than you had to give there may be people in your life that have that robber spirit there may be habits in your life there may be things that you struggle with without anyone else being involved but listen to me my friend they're robbers they're robbers and after they're finished with you and i they leave us half dead to die on the side of the road amen i want to talk to you for just a minute about how the robber works in my life how the robber works in my life i I think it's apropos to be secular or to be prophetic funny that the last message i stood in this pulpit and preached was about friends does anybody remember those three messages three points of that day we use Jesus and John point number one a true friend is allowed to see you in your struggle a true friend is allowed to see you in your struggle a, a, a true friend is allowed to see you in a different way than everybody else around you you show them the real you remember what I said that day <laughs> Be careful with who that friendship circle is because not everybody needs to be in that circle because not everybody is your true friend. And then number three, true friends stay to the end to the credits roll. To the credits roll. Mm. These robbers in all of our lives use us and catch us in vulnerable positions. (laughs) Anybody ever been in a vulnerable position? I've got a great message that I teach staff sometimes called Cave Dwellers, that we're all cave dwellers. It's centered around the story of King Saul. He's chasing and hunting David to hunt him down and kill him, really for no good reason because he's jealous of him. God is lifting David up and Saul is descending down. And Saul's answer to it is, I just kill my opposition, like many of us think. I just kill my opposition, then I'm fine. The only problem was Saul had to do number two one day. <laughs> and I don't know if you know how number two worked in the Old Testament, but they didn't go to a porcelain commode and flush a stainless steel handle and plumbing water flush it out to a sewer system. So Saul has to dismount off of his horse and he picks a random cave in the mountains of Engedi chasing david and he goes inside and he pulls up his kilt he pulls up his dress and as he's there relieving himself the bible says he's in a vulnerable position he's in a vulnerable in, in, anybody else in here do number two it's a, it's a very vulnerable position right very vulnerable posi- the only problem was guess who's in the back of the cave david with a sword saul is relieving david is killing who's gonna win this fight he doesn't even know david's there you know what david does puts his sword in his sheath and says touch not the lord's anointed Saul, you were in a vulnerable position and i choose not to be a robber in your life and to use this vulnerable position to hurt you or to advance me those are robbers The robbers in our lives attack us they beat us that's what sin does attacks you beats you those people from the old clique you used to run with the old set you used to bump on they attack you because they don't understand what you're doing today while you're doing it why you're serving god why your life is changing the robbers in our lives are out to do three things steal kill and destroy do you know why i know that emphatically because jesus said it that the enemy and his spirit of influence in this earth and how many of you know we as christians that serve god spirit-filled christians the devil can still use you <laughs> he, he i didn't say he can inhabit you possess you i'm just saying i am capable of the enemy influencing my decisions but if i am you are too But what he wants to influence you to do is to self-sabotage. What he wants to influence you to do is get to a place that you get vulnerable and he can come in, Uncle Jeff, and begin to kill, steal, and destroy. He's not after your marriage. He's not after your money. He's after your soul. He may use your money. He may use your friendships. He may use your marriage. He may use your weaknesses. But what he ultimately wants is your eternity. Amen or me. Jared, would you come help me, brother? My belt was broken in the motorcycle wreck, and I've yet to buy another one. And uh, this morning, when they put this thing on me, uh, somebody stuck it in the back of my pants, and now it's down by my calf. And I, I'm pretty sure it's going to come unplugged any moment now. <laughs> so stick it in my back pocket, please, sir, once you, once you handle that. Oh, yeah, it's all the way down there, homie. <laughs> we don't control the thermostat here. It's a little hot. My legs are a little sweaty. <laughs> so it's sticking to me. Um, thank you. Well, you're doing a good job. You keep with me. the robbers in our lives strip us strip us thank you so much how how many of you know the Lord teaches all of us all the time not to use our material possessions as a place of security right the Lord tells us in the new don't don't use the zip code you live in the house you have the retirement don't don't use your status or your don't use that as security David height of his life Israel strong no wars He's getting ready to die and David starts panicking and he tells his commanders go out and count the army of Israel doesn't seem like a bad thing right take a census well the Lord took offense to it and the Lord said David I raised you up when you were small in your own eyes I made you the king I brought you back to be the king after they ran you out and I alone can keep your dynasty as I promised not your military might." because David trusted in numbers there's so many things in our lives that we want to put our trust in our hope in do they like me do we have the numbers will people show up how are things going what's in our bank account this that and we take comfort in them and I'm not saying you can shut that off like a switch but I am telling you in my own life and in your life we have to get that place of confidence from the Lord not from those other things these robbers in our lives they are out to strip us they want to strip us of those things and we lose our confidence i was listening to a jensen franklin sermon yesterday and 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 he was talking about the subject of the scripture working out your own salvation anybody anybody working out your salvation today anybody already there yet y'all aren't participating this morning y'all want me to get pastor chad i need you anybody still working theirs out or anybody just the day you got saved you got you got eternally glorified saying and you don't have to work out anything anymore i'm I'm working mine out and jensen franklin was talking about this process of working these things out in our lives and he said he said it from the pulpit and it shocked me because jensen's very black and white he said in christianity there are white areas and there are black areas and then because of the new testament covenant and personal convictions there are gray areas in between how different christians live and he said you have to work that out but here's the nugget daniel he said i can tell you how to decide those personal convictions if they strip you of your confidence when you go into the presence of god If one says, this is me, I'm good with this, this is how I serve the Lord, and then you look at their life and you say, okay, well that must be how Christians live, I'm going to live this way, go this way, do this, and then you come Sunday morning, you get in the presence of God and you feel convicted or you feel restrained, that's a pretty good indicator that that personal conviction may not be right for you doesn't mean they're not saved doesn't mean you're more saved means you have a gray area of different ideologies about personal convictions and we are all working those out but for me those things that strip me of my confidence when i go in the presence of god immediately i recognize i yield to and say or struggle yield to and say god i gotta get this out of my life because it's stripping me of my confidence with you amen They strip and inevitably leave us robbed. Number two, I want to talk to us about the religious. The religious in this passage. I think I've already expounded on it a pretty good bit, so I hope not to take a long time here because I want to get to the most important one, and that is the rebels. This passage says, By chance, a priest came along, a man of God. He sees him lying there, and instead of feeling compassion getting emotionally involved he makes a deliberate premeditated decision to say i'm going to stand on the other side and pass you by that hope's gone here comes a temple assistant this man's younger maybe his heart's softer maybe he'll get involved and help same thing takes the same religious path can i tell you something about religion religion answers questions that nobody's asking (laughs) and ask questions nobody has the answers to religious people will take a simple subject and make it complicated a person of god filled with the spirit will take a complicated subject under the anointing and make it simple religion is a farce religion is the fig leaves over adam and eve in genesis 3 they're man-made trappings man-made coverings that we try to use to make us feel better I'm not naked anymore, God, because I tithed. I'm not naked in your presence, God, anymore because I served, because I witnessed, because I gave, because I worship. All of those should flow out of a relationship with God. Those should not be your means to access God. Religion is the most dangerous. I've said this many times since we started Oaks Church. Religion is the most dangerous thing on this earth most dangerous thing on this earth you don't believe me well how many of you are watching daily talking daily keeping up with the current events of israel and the palestinians how many of you are watching it every day i was talking to sister duran yesterday and and she was giving me this long list of all the things and at the very end she's 88 years old still full of spunk and fire and spit and and she said and then baby we're living in the last days israel is at war this could explode onto the national scene other nations could be involved and we were going to meet the lord in the coming of the air she said baby you have to be ready what what, what are you putting it together What, what do you think i'm trying to say i'm trying to say that we're watching this war that is being fought over religion has been fought over religion for thousands of years and it is the cataclysmic prophetic event that will thrust us into the rapture and into the Armageddon. Do you think the men that flew those planes into the Twin Towers thought they were doing it for a gang or for God? They thought they were doing it for God. They were jihadists. This is a holy war kill the infidels, radically snuff out any opposition. The world should be converted to Islam. It is the only right way. That's what Muslims believe. Unfortunately, in the medieval period, that's what Christians believed. And Jewish people are more scared of Christians than they are of Muslims because Christians did the same thing for centuries, annihilated in the name of the cross, for the king of england every jewish or muslim person that stood in their way the world wars that we have fought and are fighting are all fought around religious ideologies religion is dangerous you know what james says pure religion and undefiled is to do what jesus said in the good samaritan go and take care of people be merciful to people in their times of need didn't he say that find you an orphan find you a widow find you somebody stripped broken bleeding dying on side of the road real religion cares for them not passes them by on the other side of the road that's what the bible says that's the heart of oaks church this man this temple assistant what they exemplified that day is i'm cold and callous to your situation they exemplified that I don't want to get involved. It might get me dirty. <laughs> in the Old Testament, what'd they say, Ricky? If you see a leopard, let us all know. Move to the other side of the road and shout, What? Unclean, unclean. Could you imagine being a leper? <laughs> You're losing fingers, you can't feel, stuff's broken, you look ugly, faces wrapped up, fingers gone, and you walk out in public to check your mailbox, and every person that sees you moves away from him and goes, They got AIDS. <laughs> they got drug addiction (laughs) they got problems. unclean unclean (laughs) i would never go outside (laughs) they'll make us dirty jesus in the new testament says show me the leopard i'm not moving away from him i'm moving for him because what's in me and what will be in you is greater than what's in him and he touched him and he said i am willing be thou clean You, you know jesus broke The old testament law when he touched that leper but he also wrote the path forward for those of us that say we're jesus lovers we touch dirty situations because what's in me is stronger than what's in you the last word that i want to talk about before i move on with the other two aspects of our discussion today is this word, rebels, rebels, rebels. Then a despised Samaritan comes along and when he sees the man, underline it, he felt something. He felt something. There was a, there was a joke going around about two months back when I was on Facebook uh, that, that said any street corner in Monroe and it was a picture of a guy holding a sign at a red light saying you know ask him for any money anything will help and somebody sent it to Brooke and and she showed it to me and the caption said any street corner currently in Monroe. It, anybody notice the amount of people we have on the streets at the, it just said you know and they were meaning it to be funny I'm saying that for this reason. I know we all pass by a lot of needs daily my gosh when i leave out of here today i'm sure there's going to be somebody standing at the red light this isn't me saying stop at every red light this is me saying check your heart so that it's sensitive to god so that you can still actually feel when god does say get involved religion will make you hardened and cold and callous to people's needs well, they did that to themselves. They should be working. They ought not be there. They should go home. You know, whatever. I'm not giving them nothing. I don't. I, they'll go buy drugs with it. Go buy. I, I don't know any of that either. But I do know this: sometimes, J. Mike, the Lord speaks to me, and I go do it, and I don't care what they do with it. This man felt compassion going over to him the samaritan soothed his wounds poured in the medicinal oil and the wine started bandaging him up finally got him up off the ground got him up on his donkey Chose to walk he chose to walk instead of ride so this man could ride instead of walking he took him to an inn kept him served him waited on him was there with him paid the debt for him and then said if he has any more debt in his healing process i'll come back and pay that too there's four things that i want you to know about being a rebel today four things i want you to know about being a rebel in order to be a rebel for god you have to have emotions you have to be willing to get emotionally involved in crises and people's hurt Miss Nisha, where are you at? Miss Nisha, would you stand up? I'm, I'm not going to put you on blast. I'm not, not going to put you on front street. I, I'm not going to share anything that you shared with me this morning um, out of context. But can I use that as an analogy? Okay. Thank you so much. Miss Nisha came to me this morning. I could tell she wasn't her normal self. And, and you know, just like we all do. How are you doing? And, and then I didn't stop. I said, like, how are you doing? What's, I can tell. And she told me something. Now, I hear a lot of somethings a day. Do you? I I don't know how to meet every need. I don't know how to fix everybody on every street corner. But when I do feel that move of God, when I do get that emotion of compassion in my heart, sympathy, empathy, I struggle with passing by and walking away. just going to be honest. Getting emotionally involved by feeling compassion for people is not a bad thing not a bad thing if you want to be a rebel in this world where everybody is cruel cold callous selfish and heartless be a rebel and be compassionate you want to be a rebel swim upstream be merciful be loving be gracious be kind because the world's full of mean spirited bitter people (laughs) you're just like them and with a separate title i'm just like them with a separate title second thing this man did you ready for this he practiced medicine without a license (laughs) how many of you know they didn't pull up his medical history when he got to the end there was no computer there there was no he he don't what if he would have poured something allergic on him and broke him out in a hive a rash gave him what if he'd have killed him what he i'm laying there trying to get up they're like don't move don't move i can't move this guy comes over moves me drags me this guy he he was committed to bring healing he didn't know what he was doing he didn't have a degree he had never been to school he was breaking every law there was moving his body off the side he picked him up what if his neck was broke flips him over a donkey funny story funny story so i'm strapped down like, this all happened so quick. I'm giving St. Francis the biggest shout-out in the world. I had never had that great a care. Man, it was, they, they did a fantastic job. But I'm strapped down to this board. I got a C-collar on, excruciating neck, back, hip, leg pain in my shoulders. I can't move. And, and, and when I'm there, they flipped me over up on my side one time. I was like, oh, my Lord, what are y'all doing? True story. Guy opened my bottom and said, I have to check and see if you're bleeding. I was like, oh, this is embarrassing. It's all ladies in here. He said, well, you can cry if you want to in front of these ladies, but I got to do what I got to do. I can just see this man picking this guy up and flipping him over a donkey. And him be like, well, that hurt. (laughs) He didn't care. He didn't know what to do. But he knew Uncle Jeff, he had to do something. He knew he had to do something. He was bringing healing soothing talk about being a rebel when people bring you issues do you soothe them or do you agitate them when people bring issues to your life are you a soother and a healer I, I think this will make the point better he he not only brings healing but he starts moving him from this cursed place that he's in back to jerusalem to a blessed place what i'm trying to get you to see in a metaphorical spiritual sense is when this person got involved he may not have did everything right but what he did do is say i know i've got to move you from here to here that's a real rebel according to the bible a rebel does this assumes other people's debts assumes other people's debts you know the old testament says it is wrong to assume other people's debts the bible teaches that if if Rhonda owes something and i go assume your debt i'm a fool for doing it i'm, I'm trying to get you to see that these jewish people could have used scripture to justify their actions oh i'm not getting involved the bible says i'm not paying his debt that's foolish to do he may run up the tab too high have you ever give somebody your credit card (laughs) and then 20 minutes later thought about it what did i just do (laughs) i'm like calling american express can we put a spending limit on that (laughs) 250 250 cap Uh uh-uh well, sir, I said, 5,000, uh-uh, bring that down right now. This guy left an open tab for a hurting man. <whistles> you know, Jesus left an open tab for hurting people. He said, "Whatever their debt is, whatever their bondage is, whatever their pain is, whatever their hurt is, whatever their addiction is, whatever their struggle is, I've got an open tab at Calvary. And it'll pay for it all. It'll pay for it all. Amen. Now, which of these three, Jesus said, would you say was a neighbor to the man that fell among the bandits? What would you say today? What would you say? Who was a neighbor? Who was a neighbor? The Samaritan and he had every reason not to be here's the kicker this is from the lord not for me you, you know how long it took me to land on this passage of scripture been studying it for three days like literally i opened my mouth to the lord with nothing in my mind nothing in my spirit no premeditation no thought and i said god if i have to go back this sunday and if i have to go on the platform what do i say about the heart of oaks church and immediately the lord took me to this passage I didn't read it, I didn't study it up. Lord just took me here. Now I'm just pulling the meat out of it as it applies to me, as it applies to us. Here it is, are you ready, look at me. No matter what you feel today, no matter what you think, this is a word from the Lord, not me. Go and do likewise. Don't let your feelings get in the way. Don't let your opinions get in the way. Don't let what other people say get in the way don't use scripture to vindicate and justify why you take a different approach because you can take anything in the bible and make it okay if you use one passage of scripture out of context that's why whole denominations won't let women do ministry and on and on and on and on that's why some denominations believe you have to dress this way and not do this and not have this and have this and not all still Christians, they just have different personal convictions about how they approach and serve the Lord. But one thing stands the same for all of that. Go and do likewise. Don't let anything stand in your way from displaying the heart of God to hurting people. Do you hear what I'm saying? I I don't know that I will be here next Sunday. I don't know that I will be on this platform next Sunday. But I get one last shot, one last chance to say to you today, that is the heart of God I can look every one of you in you, eye that is the heart of God for you, for this church, for this city amen be a rebel pull them in love them in, walk with them through their struggles their trials, don't give up don't make it your timetable, your timeline your way, give time, space and time, space, and a place for God to have it His way, if you do it it won't last, if God does it it'll last for eternity We love lost people at Oaks Church. Amen? Amen. (laughs) Don't forget, you too were lost. I too was lost. You will be lost again. I have been lost again. This is how God says we approach these situations in our lives.